Em Rossiano and Michael Lucas. I was like, piss off, mate. You trying to kill me? This is Emsolation. So they all buy a boat together and they pick up hot pirates. This thing rots itself. A lot of reality <laughs> shows about vulvas. And you know what? I'm enjoying them. That stuff can get really ratty. And you can look like you got a dead spider on your eyelid, okay? I just go into the salt chumpy, you could carve it. You're in Emsolation. Mate, you didn't have the mask on your vagina. I don't understand. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Emsolation. It's me, Em Rossiano, your pal, your friend, your host. Uh, special good morning to fellow Melburnians and Victorians. All of you, all of my Emsolators are very important, obviously. No matter where you listen to us from in the world, you are as equally important to me. But my Victorian lovelies need some special care and attention today. Guys, we need you to make us a cup of tea, tuck us in. Put on our favourite Netflix show and stroke our hair very gently. That is how Victoria are feeling at the moment. Uh, I'm obviously a Victorian. I'm a proud Victorian. No matter what, I will always be proud to be a Victorian. And I think that pride in Victoria is what is um, pushing me through. That's not true. (laughs) I didn't even know what's going to push me through. So first week of much harsher restrictions. We're in a state of emergency. The curfew from 8pm to 5am, but to be honest, they're kind of my sleeping hours. So I don't remember the last time I left the house after 8 o'clock. It's not really. The curfew doesn't really affect me too much. The latest I'm out is when I'm driving home from work project, which I'm going to have to have a letter for now. I need a letter of travel. All of that stuff I find a bit anxiety inducing, but that's okay. Look, I'm glad it happened. I think it needed to happen a while ago. I feel like we just need to, I felt like we were just kind of dribbling out, you know, and just getting worse and worse. And this is just the effective cutting of the head of the snake. And it's awful. And today I'm not going to say to you, oh, you know, try and stay positive because I don't want you to hit me. I just want you to know that I understand how overwhelming it is and how big it is and how all-consuming and inconvenient. And I know a lot of you listening are kind of in charge of other people and their emotional well-being. And I advise you to just start with your own. I felt – the first thing I felt was exhaustion. I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do with the kids for the, another six weeks? And what am I going to do? And my husband is a cyclist and he can't go within you know, more than five kilometres. I mean, for him, that's not even the warm-up, as he says. It often falls upon a lot of your shoulders to come up with ways to keep things going, to be the problem solver, to make the patches, to fill the holes. And I guess just remember to look after yourself. And also, if you're listening from somewhere else that isn't Victoria, check up on your mates. You know, and stop posting photos of yourself having fun at the beach and at dinner. I'm joking. <laughs> just don't be offended if I block you or mute you for a bit. But check up on your Victorian pals, especially the ones who live on their own. I did that yesterday. I've got a couple of friends who live on their own and I just sent some messages around, made a few phone calls because I often find it's, you know, if you're in the service of others, if you're checking in and, and, you, and you're thinking about other people, then it takes away from the stuff that you're feeling, the bad stuff. So, yeah, we'll keep going. I'll keep making the pod. Um, but special special shout out, obviously, this morning and a big hug and a, it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. I mean, I can't guarantee you when you don't know What's coming, you just have to kind of focus on what's now, I think, and that's that's the only wisdom I can really give you, and that's probably wisdom that Scott's given to me at some point in time. He's very stoic. I mean, one of the things I am grateful for is my, Scott underreacts to everything. I'm the overreactor. My husband's the underreactor. So yesterday I told him, and the only thing that was kind of bothering him was the cycling stuff, but he'll get over it because he's got the indoor trainer. Don't worry, guys. It's got an indoor thing. Don't, don't even think he'll stop riding. Um, he was like, oh, well, you know, it has to happen. <laughs> like, it does. 
<laughs> I'm going to go and panic craft. All right, well, uh, that's enough for me. Michael Lucas is coming in Friday night. Look, my life is now family divided into two phases. The part of my life before I watched Beyonce's new visual album, Black is King, and now. Life-changing, guys. Michael and I were texting each other um, frantically during it. We were both so overwhelmed and overstimulated. And honestly, it's dropped at exactly the right time. She must have known what was coming. She must have known what was coming for us and thought, I'm going to give these bitches a 90-minute eye feast spectacular with 29 bajillion thousand costume changes and destination changes. (sighs) I don't want to peek. I'm peeking. Take a deep breath, girl. So that's next with Michael and we'll talk a bit more about the lockdowns and how he's responded and reacted. Um, Thank you for being here with us. Look, this is keeping me going so, so on every level. And also um, a special hello to the patrons of the podcast, the Emsa Laters and the Emsa Lovers. I see you. I appreciate you. Your support enables me to kind of – pump things back into the podcast, make the merch, pay people. And if you want to become a patron, go to mrussiano.com. It's either five or 10 US bucks a month. So it works out to about 80 cents a podcast. And um, the money makes you like a supreme member. It's the extra way to love insulation. And I love each and every one of you who have taken that next step in our relationship. Saucy. All right, let's bring Michael in. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, full disclaimer, he's feeling a bit flat as well. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, he sent me a text message yesterday. Hello, Michael Lucas. Hello. He sent me a message yesterday. Remember the time we dressed up and watched Hamilton at your house? <laughs> <laughs> that was another lifetime. Oh, my God. Oh, it's... And we, like, I always say this, we're aware other states listen, other people from all around the country, all around the world listen to this podcast, but we do need you to indulge us today just so we can sort through the many emotions we're having about, well, (laughs) essentially it's an added three weeks of lockdown, but six of harsher measures. That's right. I hadn't thought of it that way, that we had three more weeks locked in anyway, but Mm. yeah, no, the extension, 42 days, 42 days. So I was or I was I was stress crafting already. So I saw. I was yeah. very impressed, slash slightly terrified. <laughs> so I have this like kit of spray paint and Scott knows, everyone knows if things start getting spray painted, mummy feels out of control. Mm. So if anything is laying around that could be spray painted, it will be. I don't know why spray painting furniture is where I go to. But there's there's a there's a few things in my house that was just a beautiful kind of natural colour, bright yellow, green, pink. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I really took to it hard yesterday. We did a full, all of the perimeter done, all the rubbish sorted. Like I went into full anxiety mode. Oh, where don't I need peak to too control. soon though. You got to meet it out over the over the six weeks. No, but you don't understand. We need a baseline. We need, because there's five of us in one house, so the house was already stuff everywhere from the last three weeks of lockdown. And if we don't do a massive clean-up halfway through, which is what we were, then it's just like we're talking episodes of Hoarders where you find a dead cat under 20-year-old newspapers. Like it's insane. (laughs) So we had to do another baseline clean. (laughs) 
If only they could do a lockdown series of specials of hoarders about the pandemic, because I'm betting whatever's going on in those houses just intensifies. That would be the most incredible. They should do hoarders all-stars in the lockdown. Well, aren't you having – I'm having garbage issues because we're all home and have been home for so long. Oh. Our garbage is overflowing. Like I've had to go and siphon some off at mum and dad's. Scott and I have to walk around looking for neighbours' empty bins in the dead of night. Can't do that anymore because <laughs> of curfew. <laughs> Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do our bin espionage now? We can't. <laughs> We're going to have to do a special pickup or a tip trip or something, although we don't live within five k's of a tip. And I want to point out, I live in semi-regional Victoria. Nothing is five k's from my house. No, I'm stuffed. <laughs> I can go and shout in a paddock at the wind on the, on the border of the 5k radius. <laughs> My mum rang me and got me to like figure out exactly. There's what a was website. Ks. Oh, right. Well, Tell her was, to put it I in. Don't think she was doing it the right way, though, because it's like, mum, it's supposed to restrict your movement. Sitting there going, ooh, the Pines Shopping Centre. I would have thought that was further away. <laughs> Great. I don't think that's the attitude, mum. Yeah. Your mum is in with the radius. That's what I was, I was kind of hoping that my dad, oh, no, that's good. Bunnings are still inside that radius. Like, fuck. <laughs> Stay home, Dad. Yeah, I, I, we were doing that last night. There's a website where you go and you put your dress in and then a big circle appears where you can and can't go. And my daughter was very close to looking at the lines to see if she could drive certain places to walk with people. <laughs> I did. I have to say Shella was pretty much the first person I thought of because the mm. only thing I really didn't expect, um, we need to talk about that fake list of, well, the leak, the leak that went out on Sunday night. What did you, you get it? No. <laughs> Half of Melbourne got it. I did. I was on the brink of sending it to you, but I felt like this is fake. Someone was supposedly leaking from the cabinet meeting, like what the restrictions going to be. It was written on notes. This was on Saturday night. And there were spelling <laughs> mistakes in there. And But the weird thing is, so I was kind of pretty dismissive going, oh, for Christ's sake, spelling mistakes in this. This is so not real. Uh, the yeah. Chaser did a spoof of it. The Chaser did a spoof where they did it all in just completely stupid grammar and craziness. <laughs> But the weird thing was, and the thing that felt really fake to me was it said curfew from 8pm and I felt like, oh, bullshit, this is some teenager sitting in the room that's made this up and then pretty much everything came true. <laughs> so was it real or not? True. Well, it it was, uh, it, it had the impression as though someone was trying to say this is the actual document, um, but it sort of read like, obviously it wasn't because there was spelling mistakes and it just was a bit shit, but maybe it was just someone that had heard all the details and tapped it down and then put it on notes and then sent it off. Like maybe it was, maybe it was a relative. <sighs> of someone who was in those meetings because basically it got everything right. It said God. the 5K and it said the 8pm. And so, but for some reason I dismissed it as as not being true. And so when the curfew came in, I was, I was actually a little bit shocked because that's even, I think even in New Zealand, like Jacinda, I don't know whether they, they could go for walks anytime they want, I think. And I don't think there was that particularly, you know, once it got to 8pm, you had to stay home. So it's a pretty harsh lockdown. And I did think of Chella straight away, thinking how much could her first year of adulthood be absolutely hammered to hell. But it's so great for me. I mean, really. <laughs> if I've got, I'm looking for silver linings. Yeah. I was sitting there looking at both my teenage daughters, just we were, we were playing our favourite card game, Bullshit. Yeah. And um, we were, Saturday night we were playing Bullshit. We were also playing a game we have to sing into a kazoo and Elio was there and we were all sitting around the table and I just thought, God, I'm gonna, I'm really going to enjoy this because it's the second my child is allowed out. And, look, it could be another three years and only will be 18 and the two of them will disappear into the sunset with a bottle of tequila. Yeah. Like I just think she'll wave me off. Bye-bye, Mum. It's bought time. It's it has bought time. Bought time. It and also her and Elio are forging a really close relationship that might not have happened 
if she wasn't home. And I think about that all the time. Like she's his second mother and if she was out and about doing 18-year-old teenage girl things. They would have been ships in the night, really. Ships in the night. Do you? Are you struggling? For me, one element, and I, this is the worst part of me that is feeling this, but the fact that it is just Victoria and oh, not yes. the other states does compound it and just this... <laughs> Because I spent half my adult life between Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. And there is a Sydney-Melbourne thing. There just is. And Sydney siders always say, oh, Melbourne cares about Sydney. Sydney doesn't care about Melbourne. But Sydney is always happy to pour shit on Melbourne. Put it that way. <laughs> oh, you live in Melbourne. I, I like to visit Melbourne sometimes. Like if I want to go shopping for a weekend, maybe a weekend sometimes. I mean, I couldn't do the winters <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how you – I couldn't live there. I couldn't live there, but I can <laughs> visit there. For a little bit of a shop. Um, that's what I get from Sydney Siders. And I'm always, so because of that, I fire up and so defensive about Melbourne. I try and play this whole, like, you know, level of Melbourne's just so cool. You can't even properly understand it. It's so cultured. I'm smiling. Yeah. yeah you just like wouldn't recognise culture no. if you fell over it. No. But now, fucking, there's no culture here now. <laughs> yes, there is. Okay. You stay proud and true. I'm still, I'd still rather be Victorian. I'd still rather be the big V than anywhere else. I'm still, I'm more oh, proud no, of being I know, Victorian. I know, I'm with you, I'm with you. I just had to feel the pang. I just no, had I, to- I understand. Like, there's a, like, I'm prouder of being Victorian than I am of Australian. Like, I used to enjoy saying when I was at national events for athletics, and if I wasn't in team track, where are you from? Like, Victoria. And we were always like the glamour state. So don't even worry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's, I'd still rather be us than anywhere else. But it is hard if you have family members and you're on Facebook or you're on Instagram and they're like in Perth at the beach oh. or in Sydney at a restaurant, although Sydney are two weeks behind us, let's be honest. So I do understand and anyone listening now from <laughs> Melbourne would feel your pain and does feel the pain of – and also like people like Steve Price going, oh, it's disgraceful what Victorians are going through and – Da, da 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 And it's like, we don't want you talking about us. Don't you feel sorry for us? We'll get through this. We'll be fine. And also, the only thing that I think I have to tell myself this is on some ways, <laughs> obviously we're doing it because the situation's out of control in Victoria, but every other, you know, every other state with the possible exception of Sydney is going pretty well at the moment. And we're kind of doing it for the whole nation, for Christ's sake. Normally, like other countries, like the kind of level of infections we're at now, even in Victoria, uh, where places like the UK have got to only after their massive, like, lockdowns. Like, we're, we're, we're taking these harsh steps because we want to kill this fucker and we want to do it so the whole rest of the country can be completely united and we can hopefully try and eliminate it, hopefully. Uh, and I just want to say to people, like this morning the opposition leader, and I didn't even know he existed or who he was, he, was, uh, he hasn't – I read the news like ferociously. I'm on a news program, and yet, if you had have asked me who the opposition leader was in Victoria, I would have drawn a blank. They always have to put him on ABC News because I suppose they're under pressure to have all this balance. So it doesn't matter what happens; you just cut to him, <laughs> and they give him like two lines. They're kind of like, "Well, I think yeah. this is a disgraceful move by the government," and then that's enough of him, and he's gone. Well, his name's Michael O'Brien, so there you go. And he this morning, I feel, has been super opportunistic and political and, you know, come forward like the snivelling um, sidekick in any kind of villain movie mm. and, and be like, yeah, I'd be really angry if I was a Victorian and the Labor government have let you down and I'll be here to help you rebuild after and we'll make sure no Victorians left behind and da-da-da. And it just feels like, shut up, you know, just wait Wait until we're on the other side. It's And all of us have woken up this morning feeling angry and human nature is to, to look to someone to place the blame on and there's plenty of time for that. But at the moment, I don't want my opposition leader 
stating the fucking obvious or talking about how hard it is. I just want him going, yeah, we'll support Labor and whatever they need to do right now and we'll chat after. It's like when your mum says to you, we'll talk about this later. That's what we need from mm. the opposition government That's at the right. moment. <laughs> That's right. You know what? We'll just we'll just get through this firmly, do you know, and we will talk about this later. <laughs> That's what I need. This is your Uncle Milton's birthday party. <laughs> I don't want to be here either, but Correct. we just need to get through this so we can get home. That's it. And and the whole time your arm's been clutched on the bicep with very long fingernails <laughs> digging in. Because my kids always know this, 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 the quiet yell is way scarier than the loud yell. Mm. Um, but I guess, like, I've had lots of messages, lots and lots and lots of messages from people feeling overwhelmed. And um, I guess I guess what I want to say and what I kind of said in the intro is that it, <laughs> people are saying, oh, stay positive, remain positive. You just, like, shut up. What Michael and I wish to acknowledge is this is shit. This is hard. <laughs> this is sludge. This is just getting through each day and it's hard to be positive. And the thing that makes me feel least positive is when someone says to me, oh, stay positive. I'm like, oh, I'm going to punch you in the throat now. So I think it's important to allow yourself to acknowledge that, yeah, this is pretty fucking hard. Yeah. And if that involves a lot of Cadbury family blocks of chocolate, yes. as it did for me last night, then just you go with that. You Whatever go with it that. takes. I just think at the moment it's just about getting through it and then we deal with the excess kilograms at the end. I mean, I've given up my diet. I was on a diet for the last yeah, two weeks. I was mainly thinking to myself I was going to go into some sort of <laughs> some sort of keto that's phase that's out yeah. the window. Nah, I felt oddly relieved. One of, the, one of the good things when Dan Andrews is like, oh, another six weeks, oh, well, diet's out, when it immediately had like a piece of pizza. But it's just, it is hard and it's okay to acknowledge that. And then, you know, we just have to keep, I just think wake up each day and go, all right, what am I going to achieve? Like one thing. That for me is, I mean, that that's it. That's, that's what I'm going to have to do to survive. But Jesus Christ, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. I actually can see the city of Melbourne from my window right now sitting there so innocuous. It just looks like every – you know the other weird thing is it's the mildest winter in the whole wide world. I Everyone's know, like, thank well, God. I have a flash. Thank God there's part of me that thinks, oh, is this a global warming catastrophe happening? But at the moment I'm just taking it because I'm so grateful sunshine. for the sun. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but have you seen the weather for this week? Oh, is it going to be terrible? Terrible. It's going to be proper winter this week, so I'm another. sort of open to it, though, because at least if it's proper no. winter, you don't think? I need sunshine. Like, I get seasonal depression, and, and and when winter sets in, I feel very heaviness on my heart. And when there's sunshine, I don't know, I just feel like something's possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> something's possible as long as it's within 5Ks and... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and this can technically be classed as exercise. Oh, God. Look, we'll continue to produce the podcast, obviously. And <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Who knew? How, I mean, I thought there's going to be six weeks in the premise of this podcast and then drift on. I mean, not that we hold ourselves rigorously to any sort of premise, right. but nonetheless, Jesus Christ. Yes. But look, there is something that can you can watch uh, that can get you through at least a week of, and you'll just be thinking about it and talking about it. Um, oh, also, I should point out before we get to Beyonce, I had a lot of people uh, angry that in our Q&A when we were discussing Ultimate Divas, mm. um, we didn't discuss Pink. And I don't know, for me, she doesn't. So if you haven't heard the Q&A session yet, last well, we did one last week and we got asked about our Ultimate Diva and we weren't allowed to utter the word Madonna, which we failed at. But, Miserably. Um, yeah, Miserably. Like, Everyone's like, oh, I've got quite a few. What about Pink? What about Pink? I don't know. I kind of see her apart from the Divas, don't you? 
She does have a very different energy as a diva. Mm. She's like, it's like she's put herself in a really different lane. But she is. I mean, when you think about it, she does these huge spectacular shows. She's a whole thing. She's more, so popular here especially. But I don't know. When I think diva, Pink doesn't – maybe because she's got that kind of real every woman earthy quality. Like she feels like – and I've met her. She feels like she could be your mate. But, you know, I don't know that – I'd feel okay about being friends with Beyonce. I think I'd just cry every time I was in her presence. Yeah. Whereas with Pink, I feel like I'd, I could have a glass of wine. Oh, there's just... an absolute chasm between us and the likes of Beyonce <laughs> and Madonna and Whitney. Like they, I mean, they would well, eat Whitney's us alive. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd fully expect that we'd walk out of tears in that oh, of any interaction with them. Whereas, yeah, Pink really does feel. Like, I know. I'm. Yeah, I, but I, I do think why. she is chronically underestimated, though. I mean, I her agree. live shows are. Off the hook. Insane. Amazing. No yeah. one else does all that trapeze and flying no. around shit. No. And the singing remains steadfast. I know. Friday night I I had been waiting frantically for Black is King to drop on um, Disney Plus because I had known that it was coming because I knew that she was making a visual album to accompany the Lion King release and I'd always thought it was coming out at the same time but it did not. So I've been, you know, watching the skies basically and then it was announced Friday it was coming out and I sat the whole family down. We had a group viewing. Scott included? Yes, yeah, Scott sat through wow. at least three quarters of it. <laughs> He just walked out, I think, because he was so overwhelmed by the visual, the sumptuous feast that it was. So it's this 90-minute, for those of you who are unaware, r- like human retelling of The Lion King, like a contemporary retelling. And there's a human Simba and Beyonce's like, he's ethereal guide. And then they play kind of clips of the actual Lion King to, to string the music clips together. So this is her new, the, new the, not The Mufasa voices, you mean? Really? No, but not just – but, no, there's also the um, Timoan and Pumbaa talking to him. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's, there's little clips. I mean, the voices, not actual visuals, yeah. I don't know whether I was just so overwhelmed by the whole visual something or something. The, the, the connections to The Lion King felt a little bit tenuous to me. Really? Oh, no, I saw bit. them. I know, oh. I know the people were saying, saying Timon and Pumbaa, but I was sort of imagining that she went to Disney sort of saying, can you give me $300 million? It's going to be all about the Lion King. And they're like, really? And then they're watching it afterwards and some nervous executives going, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's a Lion King. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she's gyrating in leopard skin with 80 dancers. But I, it is though. Is she, it is. is she wearing the family? Did she slaughter the pack of lions and put the outfits on? <laughs> I just imagine her saying, we'll just put in a bit of Mufasa dialogue over that. That'll do. That'll do. That's worth it. Well, money. we were we were joking during the while we were both watching at the same time. We were joking about the pitch meetings. Like imagine <laughs> Because in the in the, in our industry, because Beyonce is definitely in our industry. If you want money from people, you got to take a pitch deck, and you got to like say, you know, this is the theme, this is the mood board, this is the direction, here's the script, here's the dialogue, here's the songs, this is how much we need. Mm. And we were just because <laughs> I don't even know how do you describe this. It's it's a ninety minute costume like the. The whole thing, and it's spanned across East Africa and England and the Grand Canyon, and like it's it's an international retelling, but mainly a love letter to Africa. I think yeah, would be celebrity fair to say. cameos galore. You just never oh. know who's going to pop up. Could be, I mean, obviously Jay Z is going to be there, and obviously oh. Tina, her mother, is going to be there. <laughs> but you're going to get Naomi Campbell and Lapita and Pharrell and uh, yeah, Kelly Rowland. There's oh, a moment in a song, Brown Skin Girl. 
who were there facing each other, Kelly and Beyonce, and it, you can tell it's a very candid moment and they both smile at each other. And we, we both cried, openly cried. Mm. But the whole and, – and we sat down and so the girls and I obviously and, – and Elio didn't move either and I was so proud. We put it on and the moment you're in, there's this, this shimmering across the desert – and we're just gasping. There were so many pearl clutching moments. <laughs> and every, with every film clip, it just built. So first she's just walking along the beach, you know, in this beautiful white dress. And then it just kept getting wilder and wilder. And, oh, my God. And, and then they, they, they do the Hakuna Matata kind of tribute and it's called Mood Forever, which is my favourite. And she's got a leopard print Rolls Royce in a leopard print jumpsuit with a leopard print coat and all her bare backing dancers are in leopard print suits. <laughs> and I just said insane. to my husband, I have to pause it. I feel very overstimulated. <laughs> I think it's worth pointing out that obviously she's done visual albums before. First Beyonce, the album oh. Beyonce, and then Lemonade. Lemonade. But those those ones which were also, you know, intense rushes yes. of central visuals, but still by and large you'd get to a song and you'd sort of be in a particular environment for most of the song and, you, you know, it yeah. might be that Beyonce's in a warehouse with some dancers doing a particular routine. This one, like... Oh, we, there was no such thing as too much. Like no. you'd, you'd go into an environment and just the level of costume changes and dance oh routine changes and location changes, it just absolutely pummels you in the most in the most delightful and delirious way. Oh. Non-stop, absolutely non-stop. non-stop. You cannot believe how many costume changes. I, I hope someone's tallied it up. It's oh, got to well, be off the chart. I was looking, like I was waiting for the Feverant fan breakdown because, and I probably could have done it myself, but I thought someone else would do it and it still hasn't happened. But I want, because sometimes she was in entire looks for one fucking shot. Totally. One second sassy turnaround in front of Wind Machine, total red leather look, gone. Didn't see it again for 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, and this happened continuously, entire beautiful set shots with 20 people, one second on, off, never to be seen again. And there's one scene where she's wearing like, I don't know, a 50-metre weft of hair as she stands <laughs> atop a ladder. In That's front right, of a- the rapunzel bit, yes. And we all went, <gasps> in my house. It was like an audible Gasp! Yeah. It was just, and I think, I mean, there was a lot of criticism. People were, were worried she would. They called it the Wakandification of Africa, basically. Mm. The, you know, the the neatly packaging up Africa to sell to a Western society. And I don't. I think. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not an African person, so I can't comment. But from what I've read, I think the fact that she used local talent, she used more African people than not amazing African designers, musicians, and she – because sometimes in the past Beyonce takes cultures and retells it through her style mm. and she's been, you know, pinged for that. But this time she let other people tell the story and she fit in. I mean, she was very much in the front, obviously, but mm. there are some songs where it was – she didn't appear very often. So I think that's how she's got this right. It's not her version of African culture. It's actually amplifying African culture. Totally, and there's, it's also one of those things with like the first time when you watch it, you just have to sort of try and let it roll over oh. you and take a deep breath, and oh you may God. need to pause sometimes. But then, if you want to go back and do the deep dive, you, you know there will be articles written about oh. the parts of African culture she's picked up on, like you know the the, the Pan African flag, yes. the red, black, and green flag that she's got in there. I mean, I missed that on the first go, but there's you, there will be think pieces for oh. months and months and months that break down all the references. 
This is a five-watch minimum for me. I mean, this is I, – I do the – it's like when I go shopping. I do the initial sweep and just see if anything like a magpie shiny catches my eyes. I've done the initial watch. Then i got to do the second watch to actually watch it because mm. I haven't actually watched it, you guys. It's, I've just taken a shower in it. And then <laughs> the third watch is to kind of go back and look at all the things I, I notice in the first watch. And then while I'm watching on the third watch, there's going to be other things, but I can't take them in. I'm too emotional. Fourth watch comes in. Now I can just watch it through plain eyes, just on a neutral level. And then the fifth watch is just that final, yeah, I do love it. So this is a five watcher for me. And <laughs> I'm quite frankly looking forward to it. I'm going to eke it out over lockdown. Yeah. But it was just I, – I can't remember being so thrilled and I also was watching my daughters watch this and this is how I used to feel like when it would be announced Madonna's new film clip was going to be on, on um, MTV or Smash It's or Rage. A Molly Meldrum half-hour special that night. Yes, it was an event <laughs> and this was an event. And also, like, how does she top it? But also I have said that – I said that after Lemonade, I said that after Baychella and, and, I, and I can't believe she managed to top those two. How? How? I mean, this is it's art. A, it's also just the joy of, like, for some reason it took me a while before I clicked in to sort of figuring how to sort of set myself so that I could enjoy it properly because at the start I was like, oh, my God, what? what what's and then, after, and then I, it was helpful to text you. Yeah. And, then it was, and then I also had to have a little bit more gin and then, boom, <laughs> I was there with her. But it was also just there's something that was so – Oh, kind of nourishing about the fact that it exists yes. for beauty and oh. celebration and empowerment and that's it. Like that is what you're watching it for. You're not oh. – you don't have to – like, I mean, you can try and follow stories or anything like no. that if you want or – but just <laughs> let it roll over you, Correct. experience you. And, and it, also it, yes. the, that strain of um, – like, I mean, I we did cry in, in Brown Skin Girl. Oh. But just – the the simple thing of celebrating to this yeah. level blackness and and in mm. that particular example like you know that song is pretty much it's clearly specifically she's written a song that mothers or parents can sing yes, their black daughters of course and it's, it's representation oh so it's moving so important of having course. you know yes. the whole system's been set up forever so that so that people are made to feel like black and brown skin is kind of lesser and to have a song like that that's so simple and so beautiful saying the complete opposite and then to watch her sing it to Kelly and Kelly sort of get blissed out and have to turn her away because she's enjoying it and feels so much love. And the fact that her daughter Blue was all the way through it doing little performances. Tina, her mum was there all the way through it looking regal as fuck. Like I just, I mean, obviously I've, where the hell was Solange? I'm very much speculating on this. <laughs> Where was her sister? And That's Michelle the, from Destiny's Child. Uh, also no, M- Michelle was never going to make it. Let's uh. be real. Like, I get, Michelle wasn't an OG Destiny's Child. Matthew brought her in to replace the other two who got a little bit too big for their boots. So I think Michelle and B are like, obviously care about each other, but I don't think they speak every day like Kelly and B do. Like, right. that makes sense. Yeah. But I just, the whole, and then the very end, she dedicates it to her son and there's footage of her holding him and, I mean, Rumi didn't make a lot of appearances, but I'm sure eventually that's her daughter. Eventually there'll be something for Rumi. But just the whole thing, oh, my God, uh, uh, 10 out of 10. (laughs) And I don't know how she's going to top it, but I look forward to watching her. And um, all I have to say is your move, Rihanna, your move. What are you going to (laughs) do? What is anyone going to do? Because she's peerless. I don't understand how anyone, she's just gone to another level. Did you see the shots of um, Adele? Oh, uh, yeah. Wearing course. the cat suit. Of course. I've got an alert on my phone for Adele. Um, 
With her curly hair and kneeling down wearing the matching moon suit to uh, what Beyonce had on. I love that. Was she a snake in that scene? Was she with all the dancers in that? S- oh. Look, I was seeing her as more of a leopard. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I didn't. I stopped trying to decode things at, some, at a certain oh, point. <laughs> I know. It's, it's best. So, look, obviously Michael and I are very emotional about it and we loved it. <laughs> We do. You might have got that sense. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was a marked difference between Friday night and Sunday night, wasn't it? Friday night we were oh. in the Beyonce sphere. We were just, just in out heaven. of our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And then now. Sunday night. Curfew. We're back here. I know. But look, I'm, you and I are just going to keep digging stuff up for people to be involved in and watch and – I'm now into season four of Beverly Hills Housewives, so Housewives, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Marcella and I did a deep dive on all of their social medias last night because we're 10 years behind, so they've got their faces from 10 years ago. And uh. if you go online now and look at their faces. <laughs> so Cella was making me little grids to show then and now, and I really appreciated the theatre and her reveals, to be honest, because this is what we were doing. <laughs> Tell you what it is, this lockdown has really taught me the value of whenever you're watching anything on TV, find the people on Instagram and then oh. just keep investigating. Like a partner from Indian Matchmaking is on Instagram. Oh, yes. So, yeah, it's a whole other dimension of the viewing experience that I feel like you've been doing it for a while. It's just got more time now. I really enjoy it. But Marcella's way quicker than I am. Like the, the character will, will say their first opening monologue to piece on any show we're watching and she'll have their Instagram up, IMDb, across three screens. She'll have found the person they're dating at the moment. So, like, it's just much better to have if you have a Gen Z on hand. You just kind of shout the mm. names to them and they just compute it for you way quicker than I can. I was invaluable on MasterChef early on. And honestly, for me, I was looking at all the contestants going, gay or not? And then you just think, Instagram, Instagram will settle. This is Brendan. Had no idea. Oh, and then, come on. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did. Honestly, I just, I just thought, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then, but then, yeah, like five shots down on Instagram. There we go. I do need to say happy 45th wedding anniversary to my parents. Oh, my Lord. I know. 45 years married, Jenny and Vince, and it was so cute. Um, On Saturday like over the weekend, I got a phone call from mum and she said, oh, I don't really want to go out. Can you just go and get your dad? I want to get him like the bag full of chocolates and this really great wine that he loves because my dad is a chocolate fiend. Like he, he's just this one weakness in life. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then five minutes later I got a phone call from my dad. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't want to go to a shop, and I'm at golf, and so c- can you maybe help me get something for your mother? So I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I'm keeping the secret from both of them. So the girls and I independently buy mum a gift from dad and dad a gift from mum. <laughs> They've both rang me without realizing, and then Saturday night my dad turns up and he goes and he and I gave him mum's present, and then we were going to drive around to their house while he was at our place. Chella was ready to go espionage mm. to hand my mum over the gift. But then dad goes, oh, have you got my present from mum? I'm like, oh, come on. No, ruin. (laughs) (laughs) Ruin the mystique. Oh, and my dad can't keep a secret. I go, we lied to her all day. The girls and I have been sneaking around. And he goes, oh, yeah, I told her. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, dad. M is a triple A plus gift purchaser. She really is. Oh, you should have seen me. Mate, I thought about it so much. So dad gave mum these beautiful stained glass raindrops that you hang from fishing wire because 45 years, I think is emerald. 
or sapphire, oh, one of the two. I and see, the, yes. the glass were green and blue. And so either one, emerald or sapphire. And um, so I, I thought that through. And then she got a really beautiful soft scarf because my mum is a sucker for scarves because she's obviously of a certain age. And when you get in your 60s, for some reason, you need a plethora of scarves. So she got that. And I, I was very proud of my gifts. And also I love the secret element. And they blew it out of the water. Mm. God. Your oh, gift-giving approach is very Beyonce. It's excess meets detail meets purpose. <laughs> I love giving presents. Thank you. Excess meets detail meets purpose. It is. <laughs> I, and, oh, it's bloody Joel Creasy's 30th in, like, in a week oh, and a half. Oh, God. And I don't know what. I mean, Here's what a challenge, you, actually, because, I mean, what are you, like, you know, he's, he's pretty well set up. Oh, mate, what do you buy the person who has everything and buys everything for himself? I mean, honestly, I don't know. And. I think, I mean, all I can do is give him like a song because he, he loves singing and he loves my singing, thank God. And so all I can think of is maybe I need to like, I don't know, film an elaborate visual album for him. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Do you know what I was thinking before you go? Um, for the first time in about three years, I missed my breakfast radio job because 100% I would have rolled into the meeting this, like on Monday morning and gone, guys, I've got an idea for our next stunt. I'm going to make a visual album. Like I would have 100% used my breakfast radio job to create this whole campaign around a stupid, <laughs> like an um, over the top. We would have got listeners on board to pick the themes, the costumes. We would have had remote, like we would have got tourism Victoria on board to go to amazing <laughs> spots in Victoria. You know, we go, it, it would be this whole spectacular that the station would help me build. And that's and the, the executives <laughs> might be a little confused. Why have we shut down Swanson Street so that 120 <laughs> d- drag queens can be on roller skates? What <laughs> is happening? And they're like, oh, yeah. it's, um, it's a radio yeah. stunt. It's a radio yeah. stunt. It's a radio stunt, yeah. Can we just ring the zoo? Can we hire the zoo? <laughs> Is the zoo something I can hire? Yeah, like she I She will need seen. both the gorillas and then also the butterfly enclosure. <laughs> Preferably at the same time. And do we know if the leopards get offended if she's in leopard print? Like are they likely to try and hump her or kill her? <laughs> I just – I had this whole vision. I was laughing to myself thinking I can already see how I would pitch this and how we would get across the line and there will be theme songs and we'd write the songs. It would take a six – it would take a whole rating cycle. It would be like <laughs> – it would be amazing. So that was, that was what I was thinking because I'm like, how could I get a visual album up? And then I thought, oh, fuck, if I was still on Breakfast Radio, this would be a thing. Like we'd be in action. It would be done. I think that you and the girls could do your own domestic visual (laughs) album in the next six weeks. I want it to happen. (laughs) You've got enough. Don't pretend you don't have enough outfit changes for that time. You probably got more outfit changes than Beyonce had in that entire thing. I have a lot of outfits, but I don't have the energy. That's the Mm. sad thing. I've lost my um, my spark. I'm just I've just got enough energy for crafting at the moment. That's it. (laughs) If it's if it's just a paintbrush or a a yarn ball, that's fine. But I don't know. I've lost my mojo for full costume changes. I'm sure it'll come back. Just in waves, you know. (laughs) Oh, I'm got to go. I've got to I've got to go film something today in a COVID safe environment. I'm feeling very scared about that. I've got my letter. I've travel. I have to show the police if I get pulled over. This is hectic, Michael. It's hectic. Letter of travel. God. I know. Right. What a time. Anyway. What a time. Good luck. All right, everyone. Stay Thank safe. you. The you Bye. This is Emsolation. Well, that's it. I've had to have a cold shower after that chat. <laughs> Look, I need things to get excited by. You know, I think that's what I miss, I miss most is I don't have something to look forward to. You know, the big things on the horizon, the tour, the shows, I don't know, leaving the house past a certain time, although as discussed, 
eight o'clock's all right. I mean, why does anyone want to leave the house at eight o'clock anyway? Thank you very much, obviously, for listening. I appreciate it. We'll be back again on Thursday. Don't forget, we did have a Q&A bonus app come out last Friday. If you haven't heard it, Michael and I answer your questions. Um, stay safe. Look after yourselves. Just be gentle. It's, everything's going to upset you this week if you're a Victorian. If you're not, stuff you. Just joking. <laughs> a little bit. All right. Bye, guys. A Podcast One production.